You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1030 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Well, 95 calories with these carbs, only if worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Today's podcast will be an exit interview breakdown in some respects as we get into the off-season mode. If you missed anything from Game 6 or the entire Eastern Conference Finals, all those podcasts are still available. But in the last couple of days, the Hawks have talked to the media, both the players and also Travis Schlenk. Um, The headliner actually came on Monday. The players discussed things on Sunday, which we'll get into in a moment. But Travis Schlink made the biggest news of the day on Monday afternoon when he announced uh, via Zoom that Nate McMillan is going to be the head coach of the Hawks moving forward. Now, this is not a surprise whatsoever, but Travis, I would say, chose is the right word, to reveal this information live on Zoom. It's not been officially announced as I'm recording this podcast, but it'll be coming in a moment. I will play the audio for you as to when Travis said that. But in short, Travis announced on the call when asked by David Millen that the two sides have reached an agreement. So here's what he had to say about that. Uh, we um, have an agreement in place uh, in principle with Nate. Um, so we're just drawing up the contract and um, you'll probably be getting an email from Garen or Steiny soon, uh, announcing him as our next head coach. So naturally, there were some follow-up questions. The first couple came from Charles Odom of the AP, and I'll play those for you now as to uh, how this all transpired and how quickly it went. Just to follow up on that, um, his initial reluctance to accept an interim position, did that cause you any concern about his interest in uh, assuming a a permanent long-term role? Uh, No, it it didn't. like I said, we, we've now worked together for, I don't know, four months. Um, we've had a, a very good working relationship, and I'm excited that he's going to be our head coach moving forward. Did you follow up? Did you feel a need to, um, to move quickly on this uh, before uh, another team had a chance to come in and speak with him? Well, from the first day when he took over as interim head coach, you know, we both kind of made the decision that we were going to get to the end of the season before we talked. Um, the season obviously ended the other day, and we started talking with his agents yesterday and uh, came to a deal this morning. I won't play the entire thing for you, at least in this form, but the next uh, follow-up answer that I want to uh, give you is uh, you'll hear Travis's voice in a second, followed by Chris Kirchner asking a follow-up, and then the final thing that I'll play for you with Travis on the hire of David Millen. Uh, no, I, I think even before the postseason started, uh, I think he you know, he did a great job from day one when he came in. Um uh, the players responded to him extremely well, and, and I thought he did a great job of being uh, really consistent with his messaging to the group. Um, so, you know, I I don't remember the exact day or time, but at some point, you know, during the regular season, you know, went into Nate and told him that, you know, the job was his if he wanted it. And, you know, we both agreed to wait till the end of the season to uh, formalize it, but um, it was before the playoffs. Why do you believe his uh, messaging resonated so well with the team? I, I just, he's unbelievably consistent with it. You know, there's, there's no back and forth. You know, once he says, you know, this is what we're going to do, he's consistent with it. And because of that consistency, 
I think the players believe it. You know, when somebody tells you, you know, something one day and then they tell you the opposite next day, it's hard to have that trust. But uh, with him, he was un unbelievably persistent with his with his views and, you know, guys bought into it. So as you're here there, obviously McMillan's gotten rave reviews from the team, from Travis, from the league at large and his performance. And he clearly had a fantastic uh, sort of command of what was going to be transpiring the rest of the campaign. And the, the results are undeniable the way the Hawks turned the season around from 14 and 20 to where they ended up. So not a surprise, as I said before. And I think the widespread assumption was that McMillan was going to be back for the last several weeks. You hear Travis say there that even before the playoffs started, he went to Nate and kind of offered him the job. With that said... I was always one to point out this was a two-way negotiation. The Hawks did not have a contract option on McMillan. That was not a one-way decision. Obviously, McMillan, you would think, would want to be the head coach, but he does have other opportunities. It was not exactly like he was um, sort of on command, going to be the head coach of the Hawks. But eventually, things move quickly, as you heard there from Travis in the last day or so, and now the Hawks get their man. By the way, the Hawks have not announced this as I'm recording. It might have come between now and when the time you're listening to this, but... Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that it's going to be a four-year deal for McMillan. The Hawks do not traditionally uh, announce uh, dollar figures or even contract lengths, mostly, on their executives and coaching staff. So that's all I have right now on that is it a four-year deal. But still, a four-year deal is a real investment. Even if it's a three-year deal with a team option, that's a multi-year contract for McMillan and a real investment in him. So clearly, he earned that perform he earned that um, new contract with his performance, and the Hawks are in this great spot in part because of the work that he did. As for the players, uh, we'll get back into Travis later on in the podcast, but as for the players, 13 of the 17 guys on our contract ended up speaking to the media on Sunday. Um, the four guys who did not with DeAndre Hunter, who was actually still in Los Angeles rehabbing for his injury, so that, that explains that. Uh, Lou Williams and Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando with the other three. Just for the record, these guys do not have to speak in any exit interviews. It's definitely an optional thing, whereas most media stuff is not optional. These guys all did it voluntarily, so no uh, no, no shade given to those guys. They're just the ones that did not speak. So all, all, the, all the other 13 guys ended up taking to the microphone for various lengths of time. You know, I'm not going to play the entire 90 minutes or so of audio from all 13 players, but lots of stuff to get into for sure. Um, before the break, I'll get into Trey Young. Obviously, he's the headliner. Uh, the first question and answer that I'll, that I'll play for you now is that Trey was asked about his extension. Um, just for some housekeeping stuff here, Trey, as of when free agency opens, which is August 1st, can be offered a max extension by the Hawks. He, he becomes extension eligible. So is Kevin Herter, by the way. But Trey, at least in my mind, this is a pretty easy negotiation. I guess the Hawks could try to get a um, concession on him at some level. But Trey, I'll be surprised if, it's not, if he's not signing an extension. But he was asked about that possibility today, and here was his response. You're obviously, uh, you know, this this offseason, you're eligible for a max extension. Are, are you planning on receiving one? And, and if so, uh, are you going to sign it this this offseason? Uh, <laughs> I'm on the way to to that happens for, uh, to really live in the moment, man. I'm a, I'm a big living in the moment type of person. So uh, hope, hopefully it, it comes and um, we'll have to wait and see when it happens. Without getting into all of the incredibly um, gritty details, the Hawks can offer him the max. Um, as of now, because he was not he was not all NBA this season, they can uh, bank on him not getting the extra Rose Rule max, but he could make it next year and change the math on that. But for now, 
if you're the Hawks, you probably try to get him to not have a player option, something like that. But if you're Trey Young and Clutch Sports, you can probably get whatever you want right now in an extension because he obviously played incredibly well and he's obviously worth it. The Hawks will not go too hard, I wouldn't imagine, in trying to get too many concessions out of Trey Young in this negotiation. So it will surprise me greatly if he's not on a max extension or uh, something very, very close to that in short order. But that was uh, at least a good question from Chris Kirshner, getting, getting out in front of that and seeing what Trey would have to say on the record. Um, Last thing that I'll play for Trey in this spot, Sarah Spencer of the AJC asked him sort of how valuable this run was, and he had this to say. How valuable was this experience that you guys got this postseason and this playoffs? How valuable is that for this young core? Yeah, I, I think it's very valuable. I think, I mean, you look at the the roster from last night's game, and you saw the age difference, and I think the mm-hmm. starting lineups, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but it's, it's good for us, and I think it only helps us, and hopefully it, it fuels everybody that, that we want more of this. This isn't something we just want to taste once and, and not get back to. So um, as long as everybody's motivated and continues to work this offseason, um, I can see this team doing it. I mean, getting here and even further next year with, with the, the hunger and the fight that we have. All right, before we get to the rest of the podcast and uh, definitely sort of a news and notes edition of the show, a uh, word from our sponsors, and it is time to reveal our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week for this week. So obviously this week did not end in the best way for the Hawks as they fell to the Bucks in six games, but since last time we did the segment, Atlanta did play three games, and one player really kind of popped out. In some respects, their best statistical player was actually Bogdanovich, who averaged 23 points a game and shot the heck out of the ball at the end of the series. But Cam Reddish is the choice this week for his work down the stretch against Milwaukee. He averaged 14 points a game in the last three games, shooting an insane 75% from three and 59% from the field. And that, of course, ended with a team-high 21 points in Game 6 when he made six threes. And his defense, as usual, really shined as the best wing defender on the floor for the Hawks. And with his playmaking defensively, his anticipation skills, he definitely fills the game at a very, very high level there. So it was obviously a breakout scenario for Cam, and it cannot be overstated how impressive it was that he was able to make it back after four months off and make that kind of impact at the end of the series. Without him, they might have lost a game before that, and uh, he made a huge, huge impact in the series, giving them a puncher's chance at the end, even with Trey Hobble and all of that stuff. So uh, the future is very, very bright for Cam Reddish. It was always going to be that case, but as an- another clear reminder in the last three games of what, he, what he's capable of doing, particularly on the defensive end. Are you happy because you win? Do it because you're happy with only 95 cards, but his carbs only worth it if you enjoy it. In the end, joy creates success, and enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game. Michelob Ultra and the Ultra Player of the Week is someone who makes Hawks fans very, very happy and brings them a lot of joy, and that player is Cam Reddish. All right, so some news and notes here from the other players. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, various guys made some news, some minor stuff, etc. As far as Summer League is concerned, um, that's about a month away now, which is coming up very quickly, and four guys are going to be playing according to Travis Schlenk and the players themselves, at least of the guys who are out on the current roster. Anyake Kongwu said on the record that it was up to the front office, and then Travis said the next day that he's going to be planning to play. Uh, Cam Reddish, who Travis said earlier, actually, during the season, during his off time when he was hurt, said that their plan was to have him play in that spot. You know, third-year guys don't always play summer league, but Cam has played so little between last year and the injuries and this year that it's probably at least worth having him go out there and get some work in. And then Skylar Mays and Nathan Knight as well, the two guys on two-way contracts. Um, you know, Skylar was drafted last year. Nate was a two-way undrafted guy, but that's very, very obvious. And then, of course, you would throw in, if the Hawks end up making their first-round pick, 
and second round pick. Those guys would expect to be there, you'd imagine. So the Hawks will have a real presence. You know, one of the early years that I covered Summer League a long, long time ago, uh, the Hawks had one guy on the roster uh, <laughs> that was out there. It was Mike Muscala at that point in time. That would not be a problem this year. There'll be plenty of interest in Summer League between the four guys I just mentioned and then anyone they add in the draft. So that'll be an interesting time in early August. Um, Elsewhere, there was some optimism from Brennan Goodwin, who said he might be able to work out in the next couple of weeks. He's been out, of course, with the respiratory infection he's had, and uh, he's a free agent. Keep that in mind. But BG's someone that I know everyone likes around the team and around the city as a local product, so keep an eye on that. But hopefully he'll be back to his regular health and able to give it a go throughout the summer. Um, there was an Instagram post from Lou Williams, who did not speak to the media, but he, he gave a pretty optimistic uh, thing to the uh, to the world on Instagram about him potentially coming back, not not only to Atlanta, but also to the NBA next season. Um, Travis Schlenk actually said on the record during his availability that he would be open to having Lou come back, at least uh, at least to discussing having Lou come back. So, And he definitely went out of his way to kind of praise Lou and get into the, the impact that he was able to make off the floor Etc. During this uh, during this season and after he arrived via the trade, uh, on the Olympic front, um, Bogdan Madanovic said that he would try to play if Serbia qualified in the Olympics, but they ended up not doing that, so that would not be a good concern. We'll get into Bogey again in a second with Travis and his injury status. Gallinari said that if Italy qualified for the Olympics, that he, that he wanted to play, and they did end up qualifying. So Gallo might be playing for Italy. Nothing official there, but that might happen now that the season is over. He's able to go ahead and do that if all parties agree on that. Um. Elsewhere, from there, uh, I wanted to play a little bit from John Collins. So Collins got into, obviously he got asked about his contract, which, which I'll play for you in a second, but also some expectation stuff. So first, here is what Collins had to say in the one contractual question that he received on Monday afternoon. How much How much does it weigh on you now as to think about the months ahead and uh, am I going to be part of all this going forward? Yeah, you know, uh, definitely something to think about. Obviously, something that, you know, uh, I feel like I voiced my opinion about uh, a lot, you know, saying that I want to be here. And, you know, I've tried to just be the, the best professional I can and uh, and let the business side be the business side and, and just try to um, do what I can on the court and, and show what I can do as a player and, and let that speak for itself. So uh, definitely something to think about. But, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have to, um, come to a decision very soon, but hopefully the, the the best one for me and and the one that keeps me here. Clearly, Collins has been asked every which way about his contract in the last several months, almost a year now since he did not come to an agreement with the Hawks on an extension. So you know, Travis got the question as well, and I'll play that um, at some point. But it's it's one of those things where what's he supposed to say essentially on the Collins front? And uh, I'll leave it there for now until I play the audio later on from Travis. But I think that John both, you know, didn't have the huge numbers in the playoffs, but also make it, made a sort of all-court impact, proved his value in a lot of ways. But And with the Hawks making this run, maybe you would um, think logically they might be more likely to bring him back to kind of keep the band back together. We will see on all that stuff. One thing to note definitely is that the Hawks will not have huge cap space if they, let, if they let Collins go. So being able to replace him is a question mark. Whether he'll be offered is a question mark, all that stuff. But uh, he definitely has let that be known that he wanted to stay around. You heard that there. You've heard that before. And uh, where the contract numbers go will be very interesting in the near future. Last audio from Collins. He was asked about the expectations. You'll hear this from, in a moment from Sarah Spencer of the AJC uh, as they go into next season. Hey, John. Um, with what you guys were able to do this season, um, and just the success y'all have had under Nate, um, how much do you feel like you guys have really set expectations high for, for next season? No, we definitely put the pressure on ourselves to come back <laughs> next year and, uh, you know, 
do more of the same. Uh, obviously, in our minds, we want to do a, a little better. Want to get to that that final stage and hold up the Larry O'Brien. Um, but I always feel like it, it means a lot for us to do what we've done with without a full roster. As I said again, say again, um, you know, I definitely feel like you know coming back healthy and with some time to recover and recuperate the right way uh, won't be a force again. All right, before I wrap up the podcast with some thoughts from Travis Schlenk's availability on Monday afternoon, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the easiest and the fastest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is definitely here and in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Plus, in addition to baseball, the NBA playoffs are here, as you're listening to all the time on this podcast. And uh, beyond that, all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs. Of course, you have MLB and NBA and you have NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, entertainment bets, all that you can think of. It's all there at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch or dribble, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop and mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information that you can find all in one place. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game and get in on the action. Head to the website now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag. That's a 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code Locked On. The promo code, one more time, is Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with the site on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also sponsored by the good folks at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models in the car or truck world, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless questioning from someone at a storefront and have to wait while someone at the counter orders the parts on the computer, only choosing the brand that the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right now, both at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the audio and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need, just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is uniquely and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you went right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, and we'll go to Travis Schlenk's takeaways from Monday afternoon. As a note, I'm going to play the entire Travis Schlenk media availability as a bonus podcast on the feed. You'll probably see it right now as you're listening to this. I don't want everybody to have to be subjected to that, but if you're interested in the entire half hour plus of that availability, it is available for you on this same podcast feed, unedited. That's the full raw audio. But for now, the headlines that I will get into quickly here. He gave all of the things that you might expect. He talked about how proud he was of a team. Uh, also off the court, and I think this is definitely lost in translation at some times during the season, is that for the entire season, including in the playoffs, while it got a little bit easier, this team and all of the teams in the NBA were under pretty grueling circumstances. They had to travel in isolation, all the stuff they had to get through and the testing and early mornings and all that stuff. I know they're playing in the NBA, making a lot of money, and it's uh, not it's going to be a, it's one of the better jobs you can have, obviously. Uh, it's still tough. And I think if you talk to anyone around the league and with the Hawks, it was a grueling season, and he definitely thanked the team and talked about how proud he was of them for getting through all of that, and that's worth noting itself. Talked about how he wanted to stay competitive moving forward. I thought notably he talked about being over the cap multiple times, which is something that I've pointed out as well, but also staying over the cap would probably either mean having John Collins cap hold and then 
signing John Collins or also staying over the cap in a sign trade, etc. So keep that in mind as well. He didn't say anything in particular about that that was crazy notable, but I will play the audio for you in a second about John. Um, he talks about Nate, of course, um, sprung that news on the world, uh, which is interesting to be sure. Um, he said that the front office is also in full swing with regard to offseason preparation for the draft and free agency. I will point this out. It's July 5th as I record this. It'll be July 6th as you listen to this. The draft is in less than four weeks. It's about three and a half weeks from now. That is a crazy, crazy small turnaround. That's one of the things about going on this run is that, you know, it's obviously a good thing. And Travis talked about how it was a, a sort of a year-round endeavor to evaluate players. That is definitely true. They're not coming into this blind, but certainly a shorter turnaround. Travis said actually they had a draft workout this morning on Monday. So they're very active in all of this stuff. But the draft is coming up very soon. And then after that, they have some free agency decisions. Obviously, they could stay over the cap with John. And as a result of that, they wouldn't have like a big you know, cap space splash to move, move to make. But they could have the middle of exception, which can get you a solid contributor to be sure. They also have to fill other holes. He talks about backup point guard as a potential spot to focus on. Nothing new there. Uh, it's obviously been a glaring weakness for the Hawks at times in the in the Trey Young era. Lou Williams did a good job, and uh, Lou, of course, is a free agent in his own right. They might want to go somewhere else. They might want to go back to Lou. They could use a draft pick on that, but I would stress that a draft pick isn't someone to bank on being a rotation player on a very, very, very good team as the Hawks expect to be next year. So that's an area to circle that even Travis got into during his discussions. Um, he talked about the fact that DeAndre Hunter is still in Los Angeles, as I mentioned before briefly, but all reports are positive on DeAndre and his health status at this point in time. Um, I mentioned the Summer League stuff. He was he's, he also talked about John Collins and uh, how proud he was of the way that he played this season. He says he speaks highly of Collins. So a good time to play this now. But uh, here's what Travis had to say when he was actually asked about John and all of the contractual stuff, et cetera. Travis, the, um, just for the record, you're, you're the, the Hawks feeling toward John Collins going into this offseason is what? Uh, I told John yesterday I was extremely proud of the way he played this year. Um, you know, he he made a decision to uh, go to restricted free agency last fall, and a lot of times that can impact a player. Um, but I, I think what you saw from John, you know, he 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 wasn't out there playing for his numbers. He was out there playing for the team to win. And a lot of cases when guys are going into free agency, um, you know, you can see the opposite. And, and we didn't see, see that at all in John this year. And I think that speaks very, very high, highly of his character and, and what he's about. You know, he's, he's about being on a winning basketball team. So I, I have, don't have anything negative to say about John Collins. But there is definite, definite interest in keeping him as a Hawk next year. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why there wouldn't be. So it's obviously complicated in a lot of ways with what John is going to ask for, with what other teams might offer. But Free agency, when you're restricted, is complicated, and the Hawks can wait this out as long as they want to. They can also offer him a deal that he might take. We will see. Um, I am of the mind that it is far more likely that he comes back than if not. I'm not reporting that, but just if you put all the signs together between the appeal of um, having a player under control, not losing the asset, also not having a ton of cap space to replace him, the fact that John Collins is very good, etc. I think that if I had to guess today whether he's back or not, I would say that he is. But we will see what happens there. That was kind of the only thing that Travis got into with regard to that. So I want to play the audio for you. Um, elsewhere from there, he got into Bogdanovich's knee, which is uh, obviously of considerable concern, given that he's been banged up, had the injury early on the season. It's supposed to be not, not related, but he admitted in his postgame, his postseason interview, I should say, on Sunday that he was not at full strength and couldn't really drive and all that all that stuff at the end of the season. So Travis was actually asked about Bogey's uh, knee and where that and they were on that. So here is what his response was to that. 
Uh, yesterday, Bogey said that he had a meeting today with the uh, training staff regarding his knee. Is there any update with that? Yeah, so um, as you guys know, he, he was playing on an injured knee uh, through this last series. Um, you know, our, our doctors have looked at it. Uh, right now, we're waiting on a second opinion doctor to get back to us to see what the best thing to do is. But, you know, I would say in the next, you know, day, certainly two days, we'll have a plan for him on what's going to happen with his knee. I know there'll be a uh, negative reaction to the second opinion in terms of the public perception of that. And I, I definitely understand that. It's not necessarily the best thing in the world when that, when that happens. But we will see as of Monday night. We don't know anything else about Bogey's knee, but uh, definitely a concern. He is one of the guys who's under contract for long term. So this is year one of year, year one of a four-year deal for Madonovich. So if he had to have a surgery, it might impact next year. It's a fairly quick turnaround because they're going to be playing basketball again in October. That's three months from now. So that becomes a problem if he has to have a surgery. But obviously, we don't know that right now. And that is the latest that we have at this moment in time. He was also asked about Chris Dunn uh, and his player option decision. He's not said anything about that. Um, those two guys have not, have not talked about that in particular. They, of course, had the exit interview, but no actual communication on that itself. And then, as I mentioned before, Schlenk talked about Lou Williams and the fact that he was awesome on the court and off the court, and they will be, quote, extremely open, end quote, about talking to Lou and his reps about a return to Atlanta. So that's a spot to keep an eye on, to be sure. Um, you know, we can get into all kinds of stuff. I could just dump all the audio for you, but you know, lots of takeaways, lots of positivity would be my sort of roundup of this particular two-day sequence of the Hawks. You know, clearly they were talking at 9 a.m. the following morning after a loss when they talked on July 4th Eastern Time. So some grogginess, of course, after a grueling season, but a lot of optimism clearly is the tone by everyone, even after a disappointing defeat at the end of the playoffs. And this group is going to be together, at least uh, on paper, on, uh, contractually. I will probably have a podcast in the near future kind of as a primer for the offseason just to talk about all of the stuff that's going to be happening contractually and with the draft and all of that stuff. But long story short, most of the Hawks are under contract um, for next year. They have a couple of guys who are not, you know, John Collins is the headliner, of course, with that. But if they want to match any offer, they can. The only guys who were key contributors during the playoff run that are not under some sort of team control, including um, restrictive free agency, are Lou Williams, Tony Snell, and Solomon Hill. Every, and Brendan Goodwin, who was not available for the playoffs, but was obviously a pretty key piece of the team earlier than that. But none of those guys are in your top eight or nine guys in terms of the on paper moving forward. So they have some holes to fill. Backup point guard is the one that they talked about, um, that the Chops talked about sort of matter-of-factly today. But all of those guys that you, uh, you know, if you're a Hawks fan, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Blake Madonovich, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Anika um, Kongwu, Clint Capella, Danil Gallinari, those guys are all under contract for next year. And that makes life a little bit easier for Travis. I actually, I actually was the one that asked him this question, but um, he, I asked about sort of if it made his life almost more difficult or at least more complicated because he had not had a chance to see this entire team healthy this year. And it's obviously a good problem, which I think is the way that I phrased it, but he basically said no and that you know, it was a good problem that, and nobody else basically has um, the ability to see all their guys healthy all the time. Which I understand that, but the Hawks had a unique situation where they quite literally were never healthy this year. So we'll see. Uh, they could obviously do a consolidation trade. They could do all kinds of stuff in the offseason, but when you make the Final Four and you have this young team, the lion's share of which is coming back unless you trade them, that is uh, provides a obviously a lot of optimism for the future, and we'll get into that in the coming days. All right, that'll be enough for today. As a reminder, as I said earlier on the podcast, there is a second pod in the feed right now as you're listening to this, and that is the full 
unedited audio of Travis Schlank talking to the media. So you'll hear questions, you'll hear answers, you'll hear PR, um, sort of introducing people, etc. So you'll hear the raw, unfiltered stuff there if you are interested in all of what Travis had to say. I want to give you the highlights on this feed, but there's definitely some interesting stuff there. Just go out and check that out, etc. We'll have more podcasts in the future, as I always do on this feed. I will dive into the draft in the next three weeks or so. I have a couple of guests that I already have lined up, etc. to get into that stuff with you. So that's coming very soon. The Hawks have interesting draft picks, and we'll get into that when we get there. But for now... Listen to all the podcasts from the playoff run. Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. Check out Travis's uh, second, second show on this feed, and we'll see you all next time.